Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany. If you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to check out the link in the description where you can find links to our socials and Discord. Happy listening. All right, so we always kind of kind of squabble about what our banter of the week is going to be. What's this? What's going to catch everybody's attention? Well, I have the perfect story. Yeah, and I've been dying to know. You told me you had the perfect story for our banter conversation this week. And wouldn't tell me what because you wanted my genuine reaction in the moment while recording. And I have just been on the edge of my seat for days. Okay, so this is probably the most embarrassing story I've got of myself. (laughs) And I, I accept that and I embrace that and I am going to share it with the world for content. Okay, (laughs) I'm excited. So I was at work the other day. And I don't know if anybody else has had this where they just kind of like go to the washroom a couple times a day just to like kill time. Yeah. You know, well, I was killing time as one does, but then something in my stomach was like, this isn't just to kill time. This is an emergency. (laughs) So I'm in the washroom, not alone, by the way. And the unholiest of things happen. That's as far into detail I'm going to give there. <laughs> uh, it was gross to say the least. The sounds. Mm. But then I looked over and there was no toilet paper. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Now you have to ask the person. There's, there's no to toilet you. paper. And I'm like, I know there was somebody at the urinal. But then I so the worst setup of our bathroom because there you walk in and there's two doors to the stalls but the toilets are on the walls looking at each other so there is the wall in between but essentially you're just looking at the other person with the wall in between so i peek underneath oh no there are boots in there because the person at the urinal had left and i was like maybe just maybe i could sneak around to the other stall right well that's out of the question now because there's boots in there there are boots on the ground in my freedom stall okay so then i'm just like you have to ask them i am i sat there for like 10 minutes just like mortified because the sounds yeah and no toilet no toilet paper i'm just like (laughs) god so finally i just i build up and i'm like i can do this You are a strong, independent man. Everybody poops. And if you don't, you're an android. (laughs) So I was just like, as casual as I can. Hey, dude, there's no toilet paper. Could you just like feed me some under the stall? (laughs) And he's just like, I don't, I don't think it's going to reach under there. I was like, just rip some off. I was just like. Man, I really put myself out there <laughs> <laughs> and just get shut down by this dude. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, is it super awkward to ask for you to just like pass me a handful? <laughs> so then I just hear this dude just unrolling toilet paper. And then like, you know how there's the debate of like, do you crumple or do you fold the toilet paper? Yeah, I feel like only children crumple. This man crumpled. 
Oh, no. So he handed me this giant ball of crumpled toilet paper. Thanks. So I took this crumpled <laughs> ball of toilet paper and... Unraveled it to fold it. And then did my business. And it was, <laughs> it was humiliating. And like after, like I went as quick as I could. I got out of that bathroom and... See, like I was just going to say, after that... Was it just like you both sitting there each fearing like who's going to come out first? Because you would hate to come out and then have him come out and then you see face to face who each other is. Well, I right? think he knew that I and again, I like I don't know who this mystery crumpler it's better was, that way. who this mystery crumpler was. And but he knew I was at the point of exit. Right. So he respectfully gave me a minute. Good. And as soon as I got out of the washroom, like I washed my hands, went around, dried my hands, and then ran away. Yeah, so that even if he came out, you weren't anywhere near the bathroom that he could put two and two together. And as far as my work environment, unless anybody listens to this, they'll know my embarrassing secret. Having been through such a traumatic moment, I did, I had to share this. So there's a guy I work with. His name is Mike. and he's been there for like 30 years. He has to have seen it all. He has to have seen this. Right. I hope to God this has happened before. And I am not the <laughs> I am not the guy going, you know, Mike, I just went, I took the nastiest duke in that toilet and there was <laughs> no toilet paper. <laughs> so, so fingers crossed, he doesn't think less of me for that. And fingers crossed, I never find well, out who is across the street stall from me i mean you finished it though right you didn't just say like i just took the nastiest crap in that toilet and there was no toilet paper and he's just left a thing that you walked out of the bathroom no i told him the whole story okay well that makes it better a little i just i would die if anybody comes up and is like i know what you did in the bathroom (laughs) we like talking about movies and tv or tv and movies because we're the bee's knees oh yeah we have run out of marvel content to Mm -hmm. take in and absorb no new marvs except for the she hulk trailer which we will get to later Mm. so naturally we've just resorted to re-watching kim possible (laughs) Because why not? <laughs> <laughs> a natural de- de- devolution, de- progression. <laughs> what else do you do when you run out of Marvel but Kim, Kim Possible? Possible? I mean, she's like kind of like Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> They're both spies and redheads. Yeah. <laughs> like, it makes sense. Um, we did watch Kim Possible, but we also watched other things. <laughs> Uh, we watched Love, Death, and Robots, the yep. new season, season three. We've talked about that a couple times in the podcast. Much and better than season two. Yeah, season two is a flop, but season <laughs> three comes back and it's good. Not quite as good as the first season, but still strong. Mm. And uh, did we watch anything else? We watched Chippendale's Chip Dale, Rescue yes. Rangers. Mm. And I'll be honest, if Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness didn't have enough cameos for you i've got the movie for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so where do you where do you want to start let's start with kim possible since you uh started off so strongly with that right 
Um, as soon as the first bit of the theme song started playing, yeah, I was just like taken back to the good old days. Right. Just like call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I was surprised at how well it hold up. Like obviously. There were some moments that was like kind of cringy. I mean, it's a old cartoon for like preteens. Yeah, but I was pleasantly surprised at how enjoyable it still was. And yeah. I'm like, let's show this to the kids. We haven't yet. I think that they'll love it. Yeah, I personally enjoy some of the bits. Like you said, it's a little bit cringe, but uh, like the fact that she is a world known like spy super agent person right but she still gets so shy asking a boy to the dance yeah she's so relatable <laughs> <laughs> like it was kind of a funny bit and then anything with ron and rufus is great yeah um i'm a little bit biased because i love wilford l mm-hmm. he is like one of the best i love him in boy meets world this batman beyond uh critical role he plays a character in that uh, he's just, he's hilarious. He's great. Yeah, I just enjoyed, again, the nostalgia of it and the theme song, obviously, us both, like, singing along to that <laughs> was great. And... I Sorry, I just, I have a question. Is, uh, is she go a teenager too? Or is she a grown-ass woman? I don't know. I want to say she's a teenager too. Okay, because depending on the answer changes my feelings on things <laughs> as an adult as a kid didn't matter she was hot yeah but as an adult if she's like 14 one i don't what the think fuck she's is dr draken doing and two uh i prefer to be a free man see so. <laughs> i think that i always interpreted like a dr doofenshmirtz kind, vanessa kind of relationship mm-hmm from it like he's kind of like a father figure but she is smarter than him <laughs> and is just kind of edgy yeah. you know like so that's how i kind of gather it now back then i don't really remember what i thought aside from like her and kim possible look a lot alike only she's green with black hair she's like the like the emo goth version, version. yeah and like their top lip is dark and I don't understand what's going on with that. It's like just, why is it dark? It's just like it's an art choice and I dig it. Okay. <laughs> Cuz I I that was the other thing that was like resurfacing is like I always wondered that like is that just like lipstick or shadow? I'm not really sure, but yeah, as far as the Shigo thing, I think that she is like a daughter minion quotation yeah. marks air quotes there because she's com- she's more competent than with, he is. with her level of intelligence and capability she's gotta be at least 18 in which case i'm not the worst person in the world <laughs> <laughs> but so re-watching these this series i was reminded about just how engaging and appealing the villains are mm-hmm because, yeah, there's Dr. Draken and Shigo. Then later, like, the Higo, Wego, Migo, all those people. But then there's Senor Senior Senior. Yes. And Senor Senior Junior. Yes. Just their dynamic of him just being a billionaire that gets the idea from Ron to be evil. Yeah. And then Senor Senior Junior just being, like, 
a meathead. <laughs> yeah, just like a meathead version of Ron. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Like I love it. There's the the ninja monkey guy. Mm-hmm. The villains are fun. They're yeah. They take these kind of villain tropes, ramp them up, and make them just super fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I am glad. You always wonder when you go into something that you enjoyed as a kid, <laughs> because you don't want to ruin those feelings, right? Yeah. Like you you take something that you loved so much as a kid. And then you try and rewatch it. And if it doesn't meet up to the expectation that you held because of how you remember it, mm-hmm. you have the potential of ruining it for yourself. Yeah. Like I used to love um, Totally Spies <laughs> when I was a kid. Loved it. And then I introduced the kids to it. And I was like, this is kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but like I didn't have that with this. I really liked yeah. it. And I was just like, yeah, let's show this to the girls. I don't care if they get obsessed with it. And cool, I feel me like too. a lot of like teen or tween shows yeah. have a lot of potential to just be awful. Right. Like I remember all like we've talked before about like teen soap operas like Radio Zoe Free 101, Roscoe. Uh, Radio Free <laughs> Roscoe. If we were to watch those, I'm sure they would be god-awful. Right. But Kim Possible holds up. It does. It's fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Best show ever. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that, but it was good. <laughs> it was a good show to fall asleep to on the couch at midnight. <laughs> Absolutely. We've been kind of... Excited, but not excited for season three of Love, Death, and Robots. Mm -hmm. Because season one completely just knocked it out of the park. Like you said before, season two and three don't hold like a candle Mm -hmm. to season one. Right. But uh, season two really fucking dropped the ball. Yes. And then season three really brought us back to being excited for this series. Mm -hmm. Because it it was pretty good. Yeah. Now seasons two and three didn't have as the as much content as season one, mm-hmm. and I think that's because season one didn't have kind of a time restriction on it because each episode is animated by a different studio or maybe one studio is trying different things in right. a couple episodes. Yeah, but you have anywhere from a six to a twenty minute fully animated picture that you want to look great yeah that takes a lot of time Mm -hmm. and when you have netflix saying all right you need to make this a compelling story very well animated and all that within x amount of time so we can have it released for season two right season one had 21 episodes season two had six yeah like it, it was just it was lackluster in content like quantity and quality of the content. Yeah, and like when you say that about the episodes, it makes me feel like maybe we judge season two too harshly because when you have 21 episodes and let's say we enjoyed like love to death six of them. Yeah. Then the ratio is like, okay, well, you had a lot more and these six were phenomenal and they were spread out amongst 21. So altogether, it felt like... A really a phenomenal ep- or season. Yeah. When you only have six episodes for a season <sighs> and only one of them is like, okay, and the rest of them are like, meh, then it's, you it's know. the same ratio. Yeah. But 
but more disappointment. Exactly. So I feel like putting that into perspective makes me feel like we didn't judge it fairly. Yeah. But then we got season three that has nine episodes and I'd say like five of them are really good. Yeah. They're still not as good as my favorites from or from season one. No, season one had like the, the spirit hunter and the fox girl. Yeah. And that was just a beautiful story with beautiful animation. Mm-hmm. Like 10 out of 10 best episode of the series. Yeah. And also. In our opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and then it also had the uh, like the, the monster fights. Yes. With like the the twist with the girl. It had like corporate greed and all those underlining underlying messages that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then just the way it ended was really just mind blowing that I still think about it now. And that's how I know that these episodes are so good. There are a couple episodes that I still think of randomly out of nowhere now because they were so thought provoking mm-hmm. or the animation was so incredible that I'm just like, wow, remember that beauty. Yeah. And the fact that I can think about it years later, like I will still be thinking about it years <laughs> from now. That's how I know that that was an incredible episode. Whereas yeah. season two, we had to go back through and read the descriptions before we we're just like, oh, yeah, that I, was a I thing. I guess I remember. And there's still some where I don't remember them. Yeah. <laughs> to me. So you say like the best episodes for you are the ones you still think about. Mm-hmm. For me, the best episodes, because I'm not going to think about them years down the road just because that's not how my brain works yeah but when i've finished an episode and i think i want more in this universe right give me a follow-up episode of this yeah that's how i know it's a good episode because through season one and even into season three there are good fun episodes yeah but i'm like that was a great story what next right but then there are some where i'm just like give me more of this yeah and there there are a couple that gave me that feeling in season three but the one thing that kind of like put me off is there was one episode that super set that up but i don't have that feeling right there's one where there's like this alien swarm and this guy is going to to study the swarm yeah turns out he wants to take this non-sentient swarm of basically like bug aliens bug machine beings right and use them to benefit humanity yeah then there's a, another human there but then the bugs find out don't like it and challenge him to not be absorbed by the swarm right and he says challenge accepted and then it cuts right and it's just like well that is a very clear lead up to a following episode mm-hmm. we're never gonna get yeah but like I also don't care that we're never going to get it. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are other episodes where it is its own complete story and I just want more in that world. Right. There's the the pirate pirate ship with the big old crab monster. Mm-hmm. That is its own contained story. Yeah, there was a very a very definitive start middle finish like the plot Mm -hmm. goes and is resolved and you finish with that resolution and you still are like but what else yeah like we have one character that makes it out and i'm just like tell me more stories of this very extreme yeah judge like where did he go next what is he doing now what how did he explain what happened on the ship to others did he tell people the truth did he 
lie like we don't yeah, know just give me more <laughs> <laughs> i need answers then there's like dumb fun ones one of my favorite episodes and this is not one that could have more in the universe or anything it was just a dumb little story it was a six minute episode mm-hmm. it was the night of the mini dead yeah and it was just like a zombie apocalypse in six minutes made out of tiny little uh like toys yeah basically. and like all their conversations were so high-pitched and fast <laughs> and some of them were really vulgar so it was just but really like, funny even with but like if we didn't have our subtitles on because we watch everything with the subtitles there's so much that i wouldn't get it would just be like <laughs> like i wouldn't know what they were saying it, but the beauty of it is that you almost matter. didn't need to yeah because you get the context of it they, yeah they did that episode so great and it was really funny the execution because yeah. it starts off with just a couple fucking in a graveyard. <laughs> like unleashing it, yeah, <laughs> Unleashing a curse on the world. Yeah. Stupid idiots. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nerds. <laughs> then uh, it, it just like the progression all within six minutes of this isolated event to like a global nuke. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was very fast, too. So it was like, I feel like that's great for your ADHD mind, (laughs) how fast paced that was. It reminded me, too, like not the story, but just how it was a quickly resolved little mini story that you didn't need anything else to, but you didn't want to. It was just fun in the moment Mm -hmm. was that freezer world in in season one. Yeah, I really love that episode for the same reason. Where yeah. it was just like every time they opened the freezer, this like little world progressed. Like they had dinosaurs, then then the meteor came, and the dinosaurs were extinct, and then they watched evolution happen. And it all happened within like a week or something, yeah. and it was great. I loved it, and I that's another one that I still think of today because I was like, that was just so much fun. I would watch that again. <laughs> what if I open my freezer and there's a tiny world in Honestly, there? Honestly, every time I open the freezer, I hope <laughs> never happens though. <laughs> then like there's the rats one which is just a dumb story about rats who like are evolving yeah there's the army guys who are just like crude and violent and vulgar fighting this mecha mecha bear that one was fun and dumb yeah it was just it was a good comeback from season two and i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. i feel like that's enough said if you haven't watched it, I feel like we've recommended Love, Death, and Robots through all of it. Even season two, that wasn't so great. Because at the very least, like, especially if you love animation and adult animation and things that, like, animation that gets crude or gory, this is the show for you, right? So it's like, through all of this, just go watch that show. And enjoy. Thought-provoking, fun, crude, gory, it has it all. Yeah, just enjoy it. Anyway, we watched Chippendale with the kids this week as well. And I don't know about you, but I loved Chippendale as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking of Chippendale as like a teenager or something and hearing maybe some adults or older people talking about Chippendale. But it was a different Chippendale than what I thought it was. <laughs> And I, so, and it's funny because in this movie, they talk about like, oh, there's three Chippendales that you might think of. And the one is a stripper. (laughs) And that instantly reminded me of, of being like a preteen, early, young teenager, maybe 13, 12, 13. 
and someone talking about Chippendale show at me chiming in as a naive <laughs> child being like, oh, I love Chippendale. And they're like, no, this isn't what you think it is. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they're so cute and little. And they're like, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we paid for. We don't want to see cute and little. Um, yeah, so I thought that was really funny. I love just the little like adult humor things that they sneak in there or like references that again the kids don't understand but you and i are just like hey did you get that one (laughs) like it's funny i loved just how dense this movie was with references cameos it's like is this the real multiverse of madness (laughs) like there's there's bat like batfleck is in it Dobby from Harry Potter. Paul Rudd is Aunt Man. Right. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh like what did they call him? Uh Ugly like, Sonic? Ugly Sonic was there. Uh like Squeaky Pete or something like that. And it's just Peter Pan. Right. As a grown man. Yeah. The Coca-Cola bear. Yep. Just so many things. Eight Seth Rogans in one shot. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was my. Fa- that reminded me of Loki, where he wakes up in the uh, like the beyond place. Yeah, and just there's all the Lokis around and an alligator, and this is just a pig and a a, a cricket and. And the funny thing is, is that it all ends in that stupid Seth Rogan laugh. <laughs> That I can't even try to imitate. They're all doing it. It's just (laughs) echoing. And it's like, this is ridiculous, but very amusing. It's things like that where it's like, this is a kid's movie, but with the cast and the comedic timing and just things like that. It's Mm -hmm. like, if you're an adult and you don't have kids, just watch it. You can still watch it and it's still fun. Yeah. I I had a lot of fun with that movie. You watched it twice. I watched it twice (laughs) because... I intended for us to watch it. Yeah. But you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm just, Let's just watch like Kim Possible or something. No. Or something. Okay. And you fell asleep. So I was just like, well, I don't want to watch insert whatever show we were watching. I'll put it on Chip and Dale. I'll, yeah. I'll check to see if the kids would I think would it like was this. Love, Death, and Robots, to be honest. It might have been. And I was like, I'll check it just to see if the kids would be interested. I watched the whole thing. Fully invested by myself, <laughs> then rewatched it again. Fully invested with the family. Yeah. <laughs> I just there's some things that I'm thinking about that I just I love. Like there's the the throwaway joke of Ugly Sonic at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then in it the end back. he comes around, and it's just like Ugly Sonic, man. I just love <laughs> that when. They're first at that like Comic Con, and Ugly Sonic is there, and it's the first time we see him. And I have the same kind of reaction as the kids do, where I'm just like, "What? What? Why'd they do Ugly Sonic though?" And the kids are just like, "I don't like that yeah, Sonic. Why does Sonic look like that? <laughs> and they don't they know don't the get things. it. No, they don't understand because." Obviously, they didn't see all the early releases and stuff of what Sonic was supposed to look like and then reworked or all that internet drama. So they just know what Sonic is now. And we just watched (laughs) Sonic 2, like, what, last weekend? Like, recently. So 
what Sonic is to them is still fresh in their memory. And then they see this and especially <laughs> the close ups on his mouth <laughs> and the way his weird lips curl around his weird teeth. His little eyeballs. And they're just so disturbed by this Sonic. And it's even more funny to watch these two innocent little creatures that we created observing this ugly sonic and being like this is just so wrong and terrible why is this happening to us all right but now that like you see ugly sonic on the screen yeah interacting with life yeah imagine if that was the sonic (laughs) movie i don't want to just the story of sonic but with that no Ugh. Thank God they changed it. <laughs> it's so bad. The only thing that I think is worse than Ugly Sonic, um, which we can just add to the list of horrifying uh, copies, is Pooge the Fat Honey Bear. Because <laughs> there was a while where I, I just found a video online of the Russian Winnie the Pooh. And yeah. it was Vinnie Pook. Mm-hmm. And it was just him walking around going, rum bum rum bum 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 and I don't know what he was saying. I don't know anything, but I will always remember. Yeah. And Vinnie Pook. And it's just so abrasive. And now we have Pooge the Fat Honey Bear. <laughs> and I swear to God, he is the most unholy looking thing. <laughs> like, honestly, all of the bootlegged things were pretty disturbing looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, um, if you need nightmare fuel, just uh, watch like clips of the bootlegged animations. <laughs> all in all, great movie. Everybody should go watch it. Yeah, best movie. It, yeah, I I think that the only thing I didn't like is when Dale like upgraded himself and had the like surgery or whatever to be more relevant, and he was more realistic but still animated. He had that CG surgery. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like that, and <laughs> I was hoping that they were going to reverse it with the bootleg machine. That didn't happen. No. I just found it so confusing in my brain. I just, I didn't, it didn't work in my head for <laughs> processing. I'm just like, no, Chip still looks cute, adorable animation the way that he is intended to be while you look wrong. <laughs> And that's it. And I just, it was so hard. Everybody else was still the way that that they're supposed to be. And Dale wasn't. And I just didn't like his teeth that way. (laughs) It was, it was honestly great how they managed to blend so many kinds of Different animation styles. Yeah. Like there's Into the Spider-Verse where there's a couple, like the different spider people Mm -hmm. are different animation styles. Yeah. But they all kind of look the same. Right. This, there is... Like cell shaded, there is straight up 2D drawn animation. There's mm-hmm. 3D animation. There is the they made the joke about going into the valley, the uncanny valley. Yeah, where it's just like in the early 2000s where they tried to CG things and everything looked real but not right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and like they have Seth Rogen as a dwarf, and he's like, "I'm looking right at you," and they're like, "No, you're looking over there." It's like, no, actually, I'm looking right at you. But his eyes are just like kind way of off. way <laughs> off. That yeah. was it was it was fantastic. Yeah. And they also had like actual people, too, which normally I don't like when they have live action mixed with animation, because I think it just 
it doesn't mesh well and it's hard for me to process this all together yeah and to look at it realistically like no you're not talking to this cartoon that's ridiculous don't be ridiculous <laughs> but i had that a little bit with the whole cop interaction and chippendale yeah. and all that stuff not to the extent that other things have had where they tried to do the same thing. I think because of the premise and how eclectic it was. Yeah. Like the fact that there is a CG and a 2D Chippendale. Yeah. And then this odd 3D dwarf. And then Peter Pan, who is just, he's a bald fat version of. Right. But the same animation. So there's just like so many different yeah, styles that so it's much just like variety. my brain's just like, I'll accept it. Exactly. Like, <laughs> there's so much variety that the real people just kind of feel like another version of animation. Right. Like, Makes that, sense. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. I'll accept it. I'll allow it. <laughs> then last but certainly not least, we watched the She-Hulk trailer. And we'll kind of like address the elephant in the room. The CG does not look great. Yeah. We'll start off with that. <laughs> the internet has blown up. and It's like an ugly Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> what I keep saying is like there's still time before it is released and it is constantly being updated. Mm -hmm. Hell, Spider-Man is still being updated when the like you can buy a DVD of it. Yeah. So, I mean, like get your knickers out of a twist. <laughs> the other side to that is Disney, I feel, is kind of shitting the bed because Phase 4 has had a lot of questionable CG. Yeah. Spider-Man, with it having to be touched up even after its theatrical release, that like that's a bad precedent to start. Yeah. Then there is Moon Knight has some of the suit transitions not quite right. Mm -hmm. They were quick scenes, so it didn't really matter Yeah, to me because it didn't affect the story. Yeah. And hell, growing up, I watched much worse things. So right. like, I'll get over it. Yeah. Doctor Strange, when he opens his third eye. It's weird as hell. It is terrible. Like, that's <laughs> bad CG. Yeah. And now She-Hulk, she doesn't quite look right, well, especially beside Hulk. Hulk. I was going to say, yeah, like we've had Hulk... For how long? Yeah, so like that's the thing. They have the models for Exactly. It. And I just think he looks better than any other Hulk has in the past. Yeah. Thanks to our constantly developing technology. Yes. And I just think it's unacceptable to have her looking that way right next to like a Hulk. Yes. Looking like a realistic Hulk without those same apparent obvious flaws yeah and, and sorry it, what i was gonna say is it's totally possible that they will catch her model up to that mm -hmm. but it's also possible they don't well see i just think like you said there's still a lot of time this was a very premature trailer i think considering that we didn't get a thor love and thunder trailer till months before its release date like two two months month and a yeah, half yeah month and a half before that. its release date so why did they release this trailer so early for she-hulk when it's not coming out for yeah a while a long time and 
there's clearly a lot of work that still needs to be done and I'm just hoping that because there's still a lot of time before it's being released that they're gonna fix those things but I just think why did you rush that like yeah, obviously see, as Marvel fans we're used to waiting for a long time for a long time for a trailer and like practically begging you to give us trailers for things and to the point where in like Spider-Man I was convinced we weren't getting a trailer and I thought <laughs> wow what a ballsy move to be like the first movie ever to not have any sort of trailer promotion for the movie and but like you also don't record. need to right like yeah. I, that's why I thought it was possible because I was like you know people are gonna go see this so yeah. really you don't need to promote it with a trailer because you already know that you're gonna be making money off this so yeah, yeah a ballsy move but it's warranted my hope for this trailer is that they were just kind of putting out internet feelers to see people's reaction mm -hmm. and maybe why it wasn't fully finished because there was like a post saying that she was initially going to be bigger and more hulk -y. Yeah. But Disney was like, make her smaller and more feminine. Right. So they did. Yeah. So my guess is before they finished that model. They wanted to see they how wanted we to would see. react. And a lot of people are saying, make why is the Hulk so big and like wrecky? Like well, the Disney... Hulk transforms and his shirt strip off yeah. and all that. And I know like it's Disney, so you can't just have a. No, like I was going to say Disney has a bad reputation for these gender roles, right? Yes. Like everybody thought same thing with Encanto. They thought for sure that Louisa was not going to be a fan favorite because she was too big. But it turned out everybody loves her and so many. And it's the representation. Like not yeah. everybody fits Disney's cookie cutter woman figure or mm -hmm. whatever it is that they have in their mind that women need to fit into women come in all different shapes and sizes we have all different muscle masses so it's not a bad thing to make your women more muscular so i don't know why disney would want to be like oh no let's make her more dainty let's make her more small like she's a hulk make her hulk there ain't nothing wrong with a strong mommy that could crush my head between <laughs> her thighs. All right? Like, I just, I don't know why Disney has that reputation. And I like that they're getting, sh like, they're getting shown, like, all those things, right? Like, they're, they're being put out there yeah. for being like that. And people are showing, like, no, this isn't what we want yeah, as viewers. Yeah, we want strong lady. We want the representation. We want to be shown in all the different shapes and sizes that we can be because that's accurate. Mm -hmm. So do it, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, like I said, that's just my hope that that was just kind of like a, what do people feel of this? Mm -hmm. And it seems like people want bigger, stronger She-Hulk. Yeah. Because she is a Hulk. Yeah. And, you know. Well, and we have that scene where she's carrying <laughs> the her, man. Her Tinder date. <laughs> yeah. And again, that goes like against air quotes here, the gender norm of like what we normally see. Normally it's the other way around. The gender mm. roles reverse. So if they're not too afraid to show that, then why not just make her more muscular and Hulk-like? Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. But anyway, I've also seen people are saying that they think it's too much of a joke. Like it's being too much of a comedy 
in what we've seen like we haven't really seen a lot it's a quick trailer but people are kind of upset that they think that the character is being made a joke or like a, a comedy do they spin-off think the character is a joke or do they think the show is a joke i think a bit of both because there is nothing wrong with having a purely comedy show there is so much that everybody expects to be this big world building thing yeah that I don't think there's anything inherently wrong because let's be real. We're all kind of sick of the Marvel cookie cutter shows Mm -hmm. like the origin stories have all just become the same thing. And with Dr. Strange multiverse of madness, Sam Raimi kind of put his own Raimi-ness into it. Yeah. And it was a different type of movie than that. than a lot of Marvel movies, right? Love it or hate it. It's different. Yeah. So if we have a TV show that breaks the mold, that is just a comedy-based show. Because if you read the She-Hulk comics, Mm -hmm. like, she's kicked out of the Avengers for partying too hard. She fucks. Like, she's a baddie. (laughs) Yeah. So there's, there's nothing wrong with having this introduction of another character in this world Mm -hmm. who, yeah, down the road will interact with other characters in various forms, like her and Daredevil being lawyers for superheroes, I'm sure is going to come up. It's definitely going to be the premise of this show. But she doesn't have to start out as this crucial point to a bigger picture. Well, and like Hulk is already such a serious character, like with the whole like, being angry activating the powers and just smashing and it you can kind of it's hard to be an in-depth character when you're just a mindless rage machine yeah so like i don't know much about this character at all to be Mm -hmm. honest so i don't really have an opinion that's just what i've seen yeah online people saying that it just seems like it's just a joke comedy write-off show i I don't think that the shows have been cookie cutter. Like, I understand what you're saying about the movies kind of following the same formula for what they do within the movie and how the plots go and all of that. Yeah. I think that each one of these shows have been very different. Mm. Like, WandaVision having all the different tropes from all the different sitcoms. Yeah. Like, the different costumes and even design choices within the set pieces and the black and white to color and all of that. Yeah. Different than Loki, different than than uh Hawkeye. Like all of it has been different. All of it has had a different kind of emotional range and comedic range. Like I found Hawkeye to be fairly light to be honest and yeah. kind of that joke banter comedy kind of thing with some serious notes. Yeah. So I haven't found that the shows have fit a cookie cutter yet. It has all been kind of new and interesting, at least from my standpoint, my opinion, what I think watching the shows. The most serious shows that I think we've had from Marvel has been Moon Knight. Yeah. Has been the most serious, dark, edgy show. Moon Knight and Falcon and Winter Soldier was also a pretty, a, a darker yeah not as well executed yeah definitely not as well executed and like we've said a couple times maybe the pandemic is to blame for that i think that the final episode and getting 
Falcon to be taking the shield back and stuff is kind of the main premise we need to carry on for the future yeah. of that character. Everything else is basically a write-off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for real, though. It, that's how I uh, took also that Also, there's, like, the other Captain America who might be on the Thunderbolts or... Something. The Bad Avengers or something. Yeah, but not but really. But, yeah, the, like... Yeah, how you're saying, like, the TV shows don't all fit this Marvel cookie cutter. Good. Give us more variety. Because mm-hmm. that helps not feel monotonous. Yeah. When, yes, the movies are all this, you know... Very formula-based. Exactly. Yeah. But then we have the TV shows in between to break it up to mm-hmm. give us variety. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing to keep going, to give us more variety, different tones, like you said about how each show kind of gives you a different emotional range. Yeah. It also has a different emotional base. Yeah. Because we have Moon Knight, which is very just like thought provoking and like. Dark, confusing yeah. at times. Hawkeye, it's a little bit jokey, a little bit serious. I'd be down for a full comedy. Yeah, I think it also helps us further understand the premise of the character as well. Mm -hmm. Like having with WandaVision being so different each episode was like a completely different tone of the episode. And depending on which rom-com they were doing or not rom-com, comedy sitcom. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) um, That set the tone for where we were going and like how to interpret where she was at and where her mindset was at and all together as a whole piece understanding her and that her mind is scattered and what she was trying to achieve the same thing goes for any other show and what they like what tone they were setting it helps to understand that character further like we know that hawkeye is different than kate bishop like it set the tone that kate bishop has a completely different take on this character than we got from clint right they're completely different and i like that when we say there's some comedy to it while also having some serious tones to that show is because the seriousness comes from clint where the comedy and lightheartedness comes from kate and we had that balance and it helped us understand the character and that's why we have those two different tones setting the whole show and it's Mm -hmm. the same thing moving into the hulk like we leaving off with professor hulk he was funny, right? Yeah. In Avengers, we like I found him to be funny. He was kind of lighthearted and jokey and like a fan pleaser with very the... generous with his tacos. Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe that's where they're taking the Hulk character, but whether this is a comedy or not, I don't know, it's not out yet. But maybe that speaks to who She-Hulk is. Yeah. Maybe we're taking a different approach than rage machine green monster hulk smash yeah right and you cannot have a solo movie or anything like that when you are just rage yeah there were two tries for the hulk and it didn't work right so you need to have some sort of juxtaposition differentiating Mm -hmm. angry guy yeah because you need to just get something else going with it right. or else you only ever work as a side character right yeah and so i don't know we also had that like hint at what abomination yep abominations in it uh i i read somewhere that uh benedict wong has confirmed that 
Wong is going to be in it. Right. Wong is everywhere. And then there's also the rumor that, like you said earlier, maybe Daredevil is going to yeah. come into this because two lawyers. At least in past. Yeah. Which, like, would be awesome, yeah. I think. Like, imagine having the two of them in court against each other. <laughs> oh, drama. <laughs> like, I, I think I, I would still probably be on Daredevil's side, even though it was She-Hulk's show. Yeah. Oh, real quick. I think it was confirmed that Disney Plus is working on a Daredevil season four or maybe reboot. Nice. Yes. What, I don't one think a reboot other. is necessary, No, though. I think they're just going to do a season four of it. Yeah. Which, dope. Yeah. <laughs> so let us know what TV show from your childhood you enjoyed watching. What cartoon show that has recently been rebooted into a movie has been your favorite? And how stoked are you to find out what the She-Hulk show is? Let us know in Discord or Instagram you know where to find the link. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week at the Bees Knees Podcast. Please, if you haven't already, download this episode. Maybe recommend us to a friend. And we'll talk to you next week. Also, I googled how old Shigo is, and she's 35. So I'm safe. <laughs>